listening to ComedySlamRadio.com. From our studios to the world, we bring you the finest in quality entertainment. So pop some popcorn, grab a smooch buddy, and settle in for another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com where we bring you national touring and celebrity comedian interviews. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And if you miss our live broadcast, you can find us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. And please contact us with any questions or information about advertising and sponsoring at Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo.com. And welcome to the Let's Be Frank Show again. It is the end of September. It's cooling down here in Florida, so my balls are not as sticky. And that is a great way to intro the show. Fantastic. And I just wanted the world to know, this week I have Dave Hines, local Tampa Bay AIDS victim, here hanging out. How are you, Dave? Doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me. No problem. And Chad Daniels, you're on the line. Hello. How you doing, Chad? Great. How are you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Thank you for taking some time out to call in today. Absolutely. So we love to, you know, talk to all the comedians from around the world, and you're out there in Minnesota. How's the weather out there right now? Uh, It gets down to about 32 at night. 32 at night. I couldn't even... So that's exactly freezing, yep. It's uh, frost advisories and all that good stuff, and... You know, and, and it, we talk about the cold up here, but I was down there during Tropical Storm Debbie with my kids. Right. And and we had to go, uh, we had to resort to an indoor trampoline place <laughs> where all, like all the floors are trampoline. And then we had to, we went to, uh, went and saw Winter from Dolphin's Tail. Duh. Oh, yeah, that was right down here. Yeah, the Clearwater, yep. uh Clearwater Aquarium is where we went because it was too windy to go to any of the good theme parks. Yeah, and that's right where we are, right here in beautiful Clearwater. Oh, cool. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I I would take the 32 overnight instead of the sand at, in the face at 60 miles per hour. <laughs> it does kind of cut you like a knife. The only thing oh, better than, nice. the, than the sand in the face is the morons that want to go out to the beach and just watch it and hang out and see if they could survive. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, count me a moron because we were out there. We went on. We went in the uh, the hotel's pool, and chairs were just flying at us from the, <laughs> the plastic chairs from the deck. Uh, it was right. Crazy. Well, the last storm we had, what was the one that just came through and didn't do nothing? Um, Hurricane Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, Isaac. That was like a yeah. for us. It did nothing. Unfortunately, other people got you know blasted. But here, there might have been a chair like blown over. Yeah. <laughs> that was about it. It was. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Somebody was telling me it's because it has to make a U-turn to hit you guys where you are. Yeah, I think Clearwater is in a very lucky spot. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say that actually the reason why we don't really get any kind of – we don't really get smashed by all these hurricanes is, is actually they say because of the Seminole Indians. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm serious. They, there's actually people that believe the reason why it, it, it always misses us is because the Seminole Indians have blessed the uh, – the land or whatnot, and that's why all these hurricanes come right towards us, but always veer veer off. Yeah, the only well, reason. that's impressive that the Seminole Indians are more powerful than God trying yeah. to make a, <laughs> come down and, and kill all the gays in Tampa. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it goes to say that money is power because they got all the money from the casinos. I yeah. guess. So. Yeah. 
they're, they're buying off the storm. It was like, oh, a hurricane hit where? Yep, it's because there's gays there. <laughs> <laughs> that makes zero sense to me. <laughs> I have not heard that. That's saying that the gays I, are all in one place, I don't get though. It, but I, uh, oh, well. Yeah, mine is not to understand, just to enjoy and laugh at. I, I try not. I try not to figure people out. My brain will hurt, and I've lost enough hair thinking. So, so what's going on, man? Chad, tell us. You've been in comedy for a good number of years now. What, what got you to yeah, the fourteen, s- man? Fourteen years. What got you fourteen years ago to get on stage the first time and say, "I want to see what it's like to be on stage"? Because you know, a lot of people, it's the fear of public speaking, a bet, an alcoholic. Yeah, stupor. mine was. Uh... <clears throat> Mine was pretty interesting. I I got fired from Xerox, the copy machine company, um, okay. and I got a little six-month severance package from them, and I was 23 years old, and I thought I was going to blow my severance package on a one-night retirement party with all my buddies, <laughs> um, t- since I'd have my whole life to make it back up. And uh, and they brought me to an open mic and, and signed me up, and when they announced my name, I was like, you got to be kidding me. There's a guy with my name doing comedy, because I'd always <laughs> wanted to try it. And they were like, it's you. And I was like, oh, perfect. So I went up, just white-knuckled the mic stand. I remember in my left hand, I held the microphone, just almost crushing it, and then just kept unscrewing and screwing the mic stand back in. That's all all I was doing. And I ate it. It was so uncomfortable that people were – I could see people getting uncomfortable. So then uh, I thought, you know, I'll go back, I'll write some stuff, go back next week and see if I can do it. And I uh, went back next week, wrote some stuff, ate it just as hard, but <laughs> saw the fun community of other broken people at the open <laughs> mic. And I was like, oh, I could hang out here for a while. Absolutely. I could spend my retirement here. This is good yeah, stuff. Right. Yeah, so, so you went out, and how long were you going to the open mics before you started saying, okay, this is, you know, it's going to work. People said, you know, you want to come and do a show with me. And, you know, you got one of those whopping $25 paychecks for doing an MC sure, job yeah. or something. Did it take some time? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Um, I did open mic for six months. And then uh, I got the opportunity. And it doesn't sound really like an opportunity. But I got the opportunity to go up to a place called Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is about an hour away from the Canadian border where uh, the University of North Dakota is, and there was a place where they had comedy four nights a week. And I uh, went up and auditioned and ended up auditioning uh, the week that Mitch Hedberg was there, and he had just gotten his big $500,000 development deal from Fox from Montreal. And wow. everybody was talking about, you know, you ever, you ever seen this Hedberg guy? And I was like, no, I haven't. And, you know, we became quick friends, and, uh, and he was so funny so unbelievably funny and what helped a ton being there with him in the audition week is when i got got the gig it was almost like because i hung out with everybody so much that weekend because they all wanted to be around mitch and so it was almost like now i was mitch's buddy even though we had just known each other that four days but everyone kind of gave me a free pass like this guy must be cool he was hanging out with mitch you know (laughs) so that made things a ton easier and then uh, that's when I started getting, you know, I obviously I did that for six months. <clears throat> and I even had to host karaoke every night after the shows were done. And, uh, you know, after that happened, some of the headliners that came through there brought me on the road with them to open up and, you know, like, caught some breaks. And, and uh, you know, I, w- I worked hard, but I definitely i am not going to tell you that it was 100% effort on my part. I definitely had some guys bring me with them and, and 
call some guys and give them my name and certainly helped. Well, the effort comes from when you put on a good show in front of these guys and they think you're good enough to go out with them. You know, that's why it happens. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I I think so. It was just um plus my strategy was just to buy shots immediately. There you go. That's and that way smart. that way to be like, oh, this guy, he's going to buy shots. I could bring him on the run. Absolutely. He he's got more money than me. Bring him, he'll buy. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately not the case, but I was going to say, according to my rationales, if you're a good comic, people invite you to go on the road with them. I must suck because nobody's invited me to go on the road with them yet. And I, I've been doing comedy just over two years. But I do have a full-time job, and I guess I would have to tell most people, sorry about your damn luck, I can't go. Um, but Dave, you, you, you've been on the road before, yeah, right? I have. Um, actually, I um, kind of uh, a lot of, of Chad's stories kind of similar to mine. Um, actually, when I first started doing comedy, um, it was the same situation kind of. I went to a friend's uh, birthday party at the Poconos when I was living in Jersey, and we went to the lounge where they were having a talent show. And a bunch of my friends got it from the table and said, we're going to go get some drinks. We'll be right back. And I'm thinking they're going to go tell people that it's my friend's birthday. They're going to embarrass them. Well, what they did was go up to the guy and say, we got this guy that wants to do stand-up comedy. And so when they called my name, I started clapping. And then I realized it was me. <laughs> so somewhere out there, there's a videotape of my first time doing stand-up comedy, which probably has never seen the light of day. Um, but yeah, I started doing comedy. Um, I did open mics, and then uh, there was a, a headliner, Renee Bray, um, who was a touring uh, Tampa comic, and she asked me to go on the road with her. And for the first couple, first couple times, it was one of those things of where I was getting stage time because I was the headliner's ride. And then they started putting me on Fridays nights, Saturday nights, New Year's Eve shows, you know, things that they would go. We're not going to give this guy time unless he's he's good. And, you know, so that's where it kind of like uh, came. But, yeah, I mean, I've uh, been pretty much all over Florida, you know, when I was on the road. I was on the road for four years. Four years on the yeah. road. And, yeah. I, and I did that going back and forth because I was a manager of an ice cream store at the time. So I never took advantage of the hotel rooms. We would drive out, do a show, leave at 11 o'clock, drive back to Tampa so I could open my store at 8 o'clock in the morning. You're stupid. I know. Ice cream don't melt. But I think that would maybe be the only thing that would get me to not use a hotel room as ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it got my foot in the door in a lot of places, so it was it was uh, it was a good experience. All right. Well, let me. Did you? Now this seems weird. I promise I was listening to your story, but that's all right. Jim. <laughs> I, no, I no, wouldn't no, listen no, to me I, if I, I was. I promise you, I was. But did you guys make your own ice cream and like? Yeah, it was. It was a place called Marble Slab Creamery. Which I don't know if there's many of them out there. Probably the closest thing out there right now would be Cold Stone. Um, oh, really? I don't know if they have any of those out in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, but I, that was basically what it was. So like, I would get there at like I would actually I would get actually to my shop at like six in the morning and start making ice cream, and uh, wow, you know, had the whole ice cream machine and. And all, all, all made right. That there. is normally required. The ice cream machine when making yes. ice cream. Yes, yes, that's the first thing you need. <laughs> it if is not. You should start doing that. As yeah, your exactly. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, because churning that stuff is hard. So you Absolutely, have a and I and I like ice cream. I don't eat it too often. I, it goes right to my waistline. Yeah. Fat Davey can't afford that. <laughs> well, that's sweet, man. That's uh, that's dedication to to go out and, and go back and everything like that. You know, I've I've. Um, two kids so i i'm never 
I'm never on the road more than, you know, three or four days now. I go out and I come home where all my buddies kind of tour. Yeah. And they make this big sweeping arc. And, and financially, that makes tons of sense because they just, you know, they, they're in, they just route it right. But I, mine looks more like a, you know, back and forth, just lines all over the place instead of a circle. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy to, uh, to break in, but you got to do what you got to do. Definitely. Hope, hopefully my fabulous radio show will launch me into stardom and I could avoid the whole on the road thing. But until then, <laughs> I'll come to you live from the Comedy Slam Studios, high above the beautiful city of Clearwater, Florida. How'd that sound, Dave? That is perfect. <laughs> I think you need, to, you need to record that and that should be your, uh, your intro all the time. There you go. And I got this weird guy in the studio making hand signals at me, and I don't even know what he's trying to say. He's that weird fucking almighty guy. I don't know. No. So know that guy. You've, been, you've toured with a lot of different people. Who, who are some of the favorite uh, headliners or celebrity comedians that you've gotten to work with so far? Um, let's see. Well, obviously, Hedberg was, was great. Yeah. Um, he was terrific and, and really took care of you. Uh, Dave Attell is is so generous. Um, and I, and I don't want to put these guys in a generosity competition, but I, I would say just the most generous human being I've ever met is John Panette. You know, I've uh, heard other good things about him before, you know? Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he was just absolutely incredible. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he'd, he'd bring you on the road, let you do whatever you wanted in front of him. Just didn't care because he knew they were there to see him. So he was like, do your act. Don't worry about anything. And, I, I have worked with some guys that, you know, really kind of give you a list of rules. Um, yeah, they don't want you to do material on stuff that they almost might do material. Uh, or or that yeah, they, you know, it's like really. Yeah, I had one guy. I had one guy went up at Grand Forks when I was emceeing. He told me he goes, "Hey, you know, don't do these three bits that you're doing." And I had just written them the week before, so I was just chomping at the bit to get on stage to do these three bits, and um, so I didn't. And then he just mentions them in passing. And uh, and so then the next show I went up and I just did those three bits in a loop three times. So by the end, people were like, why is he repeating these jokes? But I just made <laughs> sure I burned the material so hard that the guy couldn't do it. That was the same guy that opened uh, his credit was um, he starred in Saving Private Ryan. And then he get that's what I'd say. And then he gets up there and he goes, it was actually Shaving Ryan's Privates. And he like yelled at me. <laughs> so, so then I went up the next time and I was like, Oh, I got this wrong last time. I guess he was in shaving Ryan's privates and he goes, dude, that's my joke. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was a joke. I apologize. <laughs> that you're mad at me. I literally thought he was mad at me for getting it wrong the first time. So that is great. Yeah. There I, were com- I, I don't butt heads with I got just very, very few people. And that guy just happened to be one of them, but Sorry about his damn luck, man. That shit happens. Uh, <laughs> I, I was open. I was I, MC opening for a couple of guys, and you know they had said, How, "You know, you know, you're being a little short on stage." And I'm like, "Well, you know, I, I have this new material about uh, autoerotic asphyxiation, and I didn't want to do the joke, and because I knew they did that type of joke, and because it, it was just okay. a whole pair." So I said to him, I said, well, I have this one new thing I want to try, but you guys are already touching base on it, and I know sometimes people get mad. And he, his his words were to me, if somebody ever tells you that, you have to do the joke. 
He goes, fuck them. He goes, if they're not good enough as the headliner to outdo the MC, they shouldn't be headlining. Like, yeah, if the no, fact that I what? made a I joke. I completely agree with that guy. Yeah, I mean, really? I made my stupid joke and you can't do yours? <laughs> and if you only have 45 minutes on the dot, then maybe you shouldn't be the last guy on the show. Right. You should be able to stretch and goof around anyway. Yeah, it's, there are some guys that just... They're in it for the business part, I guess. Right. Now, I definitely don't have 45 yet. I think, you know, actually I have a show coming up on October 12th, The Cholesterol is a Comedy. Yes. And uh, I have to make sure I can do a good 20, a good 20 minutes. And it's funny because one of the guys booking the show is like, Dave, we're going to list you as the headliner. And I'm like, dummy, you don't list somebody that has half the amount of time that a headliner needs to have. Like you can make me the last person on, but don't put me as a headliner on there because I don't know. I felt like it would be insulting all the other comics that know me that are headliners to call myself a headliner that early when I know I can't do that much material. Oh, right. And and it's funny because the show everybody's doing twenty minutes, so I'm like, all right, this doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, somebody but, told me one time they go. Uh... They go, when you're the last guy on a show, you're a closer. When they can put your name up on posters and sell the place out, you're a headliner. There you go. Yeah. I'm okay with being a closer. I can I can close the cholesterols of comedy. I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> our once this will be the second annual show. So the our once a year show, I can I can handle closing it. What do you, now Dave Hines, <laughs> think, you're gonna be are you gonna show up? Are you gonna I'm, MC this bitch? I'm emceeing. You're gonna okay, he, you emceed last year, you're gonna yeah. MC this year. What do you think, man, about that guy JT? You think he's going to be able to pull out some material? I didn't think he was funny last year. I I uh, I don't know. It's a funny story about actually how I came to uh, hosting that show. Originally, JT uh, came with me for the ideas of the cholesterol's comedy, and asked me to actually be part of it. And I the I, only I, skinny guy. Yeah, I was like, no, I was like, that's not going to make sense to have a show called the cholesterol's comedy and then have me who weighs a buck ten soaking wet. So I said, I said, I'll host it. I'd host it. And he was like, really? And I'm like, oh, great. Now I got to. So that's how I actually <laughs> you were got into, into a hosting the show. show I was locked into a once-a-year show. And so then he called me up and said, you know, would you, would you host it again? And I said, sure. So I put it, I put it on the website. And, and, uh, and we had one guy. He came up because it's the cholesterol's a comedy. And I don't know if it was uh, – what's, what's his face? Uh, Ace? came up with their back like a heart attack yeah there you go so the cholesterol's a comedy are coming <laughs> back was... october 12th like a heart attack which i don't know if that's a good thing you want to put on there because a heart attack's not a positive event to have in your life so to uh, say back nowadays like a heart you attack, have a fucking heart attack you take an aspirin you go take back an to aspirin, work and you go back to work there you go it's just <laughs> it's just the way it is unless yeah. you're that guy who took three months to slowly die after his heart attack michael Maybe. The big guy from... Somebody uh, really did that? They took three months to die after a heart attack? Yeah, that big guy. Um, I can't believe I can't remember his name. The big black guy who was oh, in... Michael Clark Duncan? There you go. Oh, did, it did the, it take a couple of months after... Was his, that what... Was that what um, yeah, his was a heart attack. I don't know. Sure. I guess I didn't, I, didn't even hear, I didn't even hear what killed him. I was pretty sure he had a heart attack, and then it was just a long stay in the hospital that he didn't co- recover from. So, yes, Dave, Dave did just now try to make a bad joke, which... He had to then explain, which made it even worse. That's right. <laughs> I heard it was because he 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 uh, he watched Daredevil finally <laughs> and realized, oh my God, I was in this. 
A lot of people don't know he was he was Kingpin in in the Daredevil movie. Yes, he, yes, he was. Which was one of Marvel's hugest mistakes, I believe. Uh, I think the whole point of bringing all these freaking comic books back is a mistake. Ah, some of them were good. Some of them were good choices, Bullshit. and some of them were this bad. Is two th- this, listen, this whole thing started with Batman. This is 2012. We can't make up some better fucking superheroes that were from around from 1950. Well, some All the shit in the world we got, we still got to use fucking Aquaman, Batman, Robins fucking making comebacks. Bullshit. We need somebody that could shoot lasers and like, I don't know. We need new, better superheroes. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of these old fuckers coming back. Spider-Man's had like six fucking movies. Yeah, but Spider-Man yeah, was we, a good choice. I mean, go ahead, like, sorry, go ahead. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Chad. You're the you're the guest. No, we're all the guest. What are you <laughs> there about? you go. I like you're a cool guy. I get to I technically say, say yeah, I'm I agree the guest. with uh, with David. We should have tons of tons of new guys. Like, look at what's going on in 2012, and think that that we should be able to just have some little kid that flies drones from his yeah. PS3. But I mean, oh, that's yeah. that's just going on the fact that that Hollywood has run out of. And even just entertainment in general has run out of original ideas. We do reboots because we can't think of anything. I mean, Spider-Man the Musical, really? What do you mean, Spider-Man the Musical? There, it actually exists. There's, there's a musical? Yes, they did a musical of it. I mean, Footloose, they oh, did yeah, a reboot Broadway, of it. Yeah. It's like, you know. Well, I don't really pay attention to Broadway. Um, I, I had no clue they were doing a, a musical version of Spider-Man. That's, I, mean, I think I'm going to go home and cry in my pillow I mean, now 90% I of exists. television is remakes of movies. Half of the movies coming out are remakes of television shows. I mean, there's no original idea. It's all a rehash of something that's already been That's right, America. If done. you want to see original shit, you got to go see live stand-up comedy you in go. your area. Fuck all other forms of entertainment. <laughs> comedy, we don't rely on nobody but ourselves and our own testicular fortitude to get up on stage and make you crazy bastards laugh. There you go. And that's the women, too. <laughs> yes. So well, I've definitely seen some women. Did you, did you see that uh, Lisa Lampanelli? Um, speaking about about female comics, um, just had a ga- that gastric bypass surgery or whatever, and like lost like um, did she really a ton? Yeah, like she used to be a heavy set, you know, now she's like. I thought her exercise was sleeping with random black men. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been it. I don't know. I well, saw, I guess uh, when you're always on the bottom, you don't get the workout. Yeah. But hey, God you bless think her. I think all the protein shakes would help with the muscle definition. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you would. And I'll tell you what, I've been a fat bastard a long time, but I, I just can't see myself getting no gastric bypass surgery. I think that if I was ever willing to commit to lose enough weight to qualify for a gastric bypass, that would mean I have the willpower to lose weight, and why would I want to go have the surgery? Yeah. But the advantage yeah, that is seems, stay- That seems tough. You know, the, there's advantages in being fat, though. And, you know, people don't share these with the world often, but fat people, especially women, have less wrinkles. And I know that's an important thing for them. Our skin is better. Our skin is better. And I think that tends to be from all the grease that's, you know, sent out to the skin from, like, the McDonald's and the Burger King. You You think, like, you don't get dry? Yes. I don't have ashy elbows or anything. Dehydrated, (laughs) yeah. So there's advantages, people. We need to... Not just hate on the well, McDonald's clown. As, as long as your arteries aren't clogged, I think. I then, can't see them, you know. but my doctor tells me I'm healthy. <laughs> it was must up. I went to my doctor the other day, and he goes, Dave, uh, you're obese. 
And I'm like, fuck you, man. I've been coming here for years. Why are you waiting now to tell me that? That's bullshit. But <laughs> you, you don't think I knew that coming in? I, I go to the store for tall and fat guys. I didn't know I was I, – I didn't think I was tall. I'm only five foot nine. Yeah, and this could have started with, Dave, you're chubby. <laughs> yes. Well, I was I mean, we chubby. Could have, we could have cut this off at the pass. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I was chubby in fourth grade at 136 pounds. Yeah. There are girls that I've dated as adults that don't weigh 136 pounds. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I saw this uh, a friend of mine put a, a cartoon thing on Facebook, and it said uh, it was, a, it was a, uh, an overweight guy in a doctor's office, and the doctor was like, you're, uh, you're perfect weight if you were like 11 feet tall. <laughs> oh yeah isn't well, there some formula for that isn't it like uh it's uh your height feet? height body weight proportion um if you're like like i wouldn't like i'm thin because i'm you could six feet tall like if i was five I think foot what it is, be... is i think what it is is it's supposed to be at five feet tall is is 120 pounds and then every inch after that you add seven pounds yeah oh man i am fucked I always I always take their height and weight and look their height and look at like the centerfold on Playboy and go seven pounds That's what she's per inch. Look like. That would mean I'm supposed to be like uh, let's see I'm like five ten on a good day. <laughs> so seven seventy. So you're talking like I should be 190 pounds. I think my doctor. Yeah, maybe that's not even right. Maybe that's even. Maybe it's six pounds an inch. I can't remember. Oh, I should be even lighter. That's. You're just get this guy off the phone. He's telling me I'm way too fat. <laughs> holy shit! Holy cow! I'm yeah. Well, holy cow! I'm a big dude. Thank you for depressing me, Chad. I appreciate that. No, no. Understand? I didn't <laughs> come up with this equation. No, but you're the one that's going to make me cry in my pillow over your nice scenario tonight. Because everybody me knows Spider-Man the musical. Yes. <laughs> That's enough reason to cry right there. I haven't even seen that. Because we all know that Dave likes to go home and hear his voice, so he replays his shows. I go to sleep listening to what my show is so that I – because, you know, I don't know. Either I like my show, I like my voice, I think I'm going to learn something when I listen back to it. And now i got to hear about how fat I am and how (laughs) far out of shape I am. But you know what, America? Round is the most popular shape in America. And if you ain't round, go buy yourself a fucking cheeseburger. Because everybody's more round today than they were ten years ago. That's true. Oh, absolutely. I I buy uh, I wear I wear a large shirt, but if I shop on eBay for eighties clothes, I have to buy an extra large shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's, don't that that anywhere. like just comes from the fact that um, when you go to like places like uh, like the Gap and like Express and stuff like that in the malls, even for like women's clothes, they they actually. They actually rename the sizes so, like, if some like a small is an actual actually a medium, like yeah. the sizes are all off, so that way it makes people think that they have to lose weight or what whatever. Like, if, so yeah, because like, I would I would have to. My wife and I went to Italy, and I would have to ask if they were American sizes or European sizes because the Euro, the European large was like I looked like the Hulk busting out of his clothing, yeah, without the <laughs> muscles, but just like it was so tight. And so I'd, over there, same thing. It's almost like their sizes, it's like American and European sizes were at one time the same. And then the American clothes makers were like, well, we don't want them to feel horrible about themselves. They got together with McDonald's. They were like, listen, you keep feeding them. We'll switch the tags. We'll be fine. And then that's what we ended up with. Yeah. And now aren't they switching the tags again? Uh, oh, no, that's for washing it and stuff. They're changing all of it. 
See, that's what's good about the fat guy store. You go in, it's casual mail or triple X lifestyles, whatever the fuck they call it. And you go in and everything, you just wrap a string around your waist and they're like, all right, you got 77 inches here, buddy. These are the two pair of pants that you're allowed to wear for the rest of your life. <laughs> but it makes washing your clothes easy and you use, you use less water. What do you mean you use less water, man? Because you're washing less clothes. But I got to wear the same shit all the time. I think I could no. afford for more laundry. I, I, I wear a lot of different shit. Yeah. Who am I kidding? <laughs> but uh, it's funny, though, because you, really you go into the fat guy store and you're like, bam, that's going to fit. You don't got to try stuff on. Yeah, There you is no different know. cut. There's yeah. the fat guy cut. That's so it. So hang on. So they so when you get in there, they measure you and then they'll go like, all right, this is your rack? Well, kind of. <laughs> they okay. were like you can use everything well because if you you know once you go in like i have a 22 inch neck which is like the size of some women's thighs so i mm-hmm. go in there and i just you know you go there and you know anything in the 22 is going to fit you as long as you you know they tell you your sleeve size and it's funny because i joke about being a fat guy but everywhere that i'm fat is purely in the belly i don't have big legs arms i do have this gigantic fucking neck but like all like from the back, I look like I am a bodybuilder, and then from the front, you look like what the fuck happened to the bodybuilder? <laughs> it's bad. You need the fat Davy line. That's what you need. You need to go into like the big and tall store and be like, "Can you create me a?" Screw the, that, the man! I, I already line. own FatDavy.com. I could just do Fat Davy clothing. There you go. They, that, they... All right, hey Chad, have you made enough money yeah. where you can invest in FatDavy.com and we could, we could sell shirts? But we can't sell anything less than extra large, or it would like we defeat cater the purpose. To the, uh... Yeah, people would people would not like that. They would think you're selling out. There you go. I got to be fat guy enough. That's it. I don't know if I should go like that dinosaur size, like Fluffy does, <laughs> where he's got like 33 X's on a shirt. <laughs> it's meant for a guy that's seven foot five, six hundred and twenty two pounds, and eats small children in a single gulp. <laughs> The King Kong line. Who does that? Fluffy. He's got that uh, Gabriel Iglesias. He always talks about how uh, he always has to come up with bigger shirts. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. He said he had – it was like – I mean, I think the real one was like a 6 or 7X. Yeah. And he, some guy came up to him at a show, and he was like, I didn't know that they made somebody your size. I'm sorry I didn't have a shirt for you. I didn't know. <laughs> So do you think he gets? I mean, let me ask. Since you guys do the uh, the cholesterol, what, what, cholesterol of comedy. comedy, which somehow they told me I'm the guy that came up with that name, which I don't understand. So do you guys do do big people come to that? Because I know big people go to um, Fluffy's show and big people go to John Panette's show. Like uh, we're lucky used to bring John Panette full cheesecakes from the Cheesecake Factory instead of like flowers or whatever. <laughs> right. And, and that's what they do for Gabriel Iglesias. They're always bringing him cakes. Uh, this is only our second show. Uh, we'll see. But I just think just people in general show. Um, it's, okay. it's, it's just a one-time thing. Like we've, it's just a once-a-year a show. We're lucky that we even get sure. to do the show twice. Um, I do have a uh, – there's a couple of plans that I have for uh, – uh, some big ball guys of comedy. I want to try to do a tour because there's a couple of fat ball guys that are around that are all pretty funny. So I think sure. that could be good. It may be, but I, I, personally, I don't care who comes, black, white, small, big, just bring cash. You, you could buy a ticket. You are welcome. 
I'm not right, going to eat your yeah, and I'm not I'm not eating anybody who brings me cake. Well, no, no, let me rephrase that. I'm not eating the cake that anybody eats me. I could wind up eating some of the girls if they let me, but I don't trust the people. Can't bring you a cake, and you'd be like, yeah. How do I know you're just not the sicko? I'll take a picture of it and put it on Facebook like Fluffy does, but I'm not eating all these different cakes that people bring me. That, that's yeah, a people scary. used to bring me Cadbury eggs all the time, and even though they're wrapped up, it's still just tinfoil. Yeah. yeah, and and I just think like, how do I know you're not just smiling at me now, but you're actually the guy that tore me apart on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. And you're furious with me, and you just want to see me die slowly after eating your Cadbury. <laughs> yeah, egg. like I think it's insane. Like all this stuff, especially in Florida, all the things we have, and we still have Halloween where little where parents let their kids go up to strangers' doors and get candy. You know? Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts. I mean, you guys have. People you know, faces. Like Florida, Florida is like the child, like stolen. Like if you don't like your kid, come to Florida; they'll get stolen. I mean, <laughs> like we coined the, the code Adam was actually, you know, the uh, the guy from um, uh, America's Most Wanted videos. Okay. Yep. yep. Code Adam. You know how, like, when you go to stores and they have the code Adam on the door. Yep. That's it. Was actually started by John Walsh. That was the name of his kid. His name, his, right. his kid's name was Adam, and got stolen in Orlando. Was where he got kidnapped from, and that's where that whole thing um, is from. Why it's called Code Adam for a lost kid. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I, I brought know. my kids down there and left them alone several times, and they still are here. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been that may have been Tropical Storm Debbie a little bit, but <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you. Several times left them by themselves. <laughs> so you got some true terrorist children there. They were they're, they're like we can't steal those kids. No. Nope. For all I know, someone took them. Then my daughter started telling them a story, and they brought her right back. <laughs> <laughs> They'd steal them and take them back. Nice. Like here we yeah. we found your kid. <laughs> so how how old are your kids? My son is thirteen. He's an eighth grader. My daughter's eight, and she is a second. Uh, she's a, excuse me, a third grader. Beg your pardon. Third grader. So you get a lot of questions. You got to help with homework. Yeah, we got tons of it. Are you any good at it? Tons are you are, are you better at their at the homework the second time around for your kids than when you were for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I kind of grew up in a place where, or grew up in a home and he, where I do the homework, and then my dad would would check it, and if I got it wrong, he would erase it and write the right answer in. No, nice. I, I remember well, you say you say nice, but then I get to the test. I'm like, ah, oh, wish my dad was here. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I how to do any of it? We had a nice, you know, humble home growing up, and the living room downstairs had my desk and my brother's desk, which is where we were supposed to do our homework. But that was also the only place that my father could escape to to watch TV. So I was supposed <laughs> to do my homework while my father was watching Miami Vice. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, I can't do this. And he's like, well, just come sit on the couch then so I don't watch Miami Vice. I don't know what to tell you. So I, I, I always loved watching Miami Vice. It was like, all right, it's no homework night tonight. Yeah. Chad. Yeah, when my, when my parents got divorced, I had to, we, you know, after school, we'd have to go upstairs and do our homework in our room until dinner time. Well, my, my sister and I both had a TV in our room. So I would, and, and where I lived, VH1 was from 8 in the morning until 4, and then from 4 until midnight, it was Comedy Central. Nice. And I just loved watching stand-up. So they had, like, you know, short attention span theater and stand-up stand-up, so it was just tons of little clips. And I would watch that from 5. I mean, I never got any homework done. 
and then that's that's why I, I think it ultimately wanted to do stand up and why those boneheads signed me up for open mic. There you go. Who are, who are some of the favorite comedians that you watched growing up? Uh, I loved I loved uh, John Stewart. Loved nice watching song. him. Um, Mark Maron, really loved. I liked uh, Eddie Murphy. Delirious was the first stand up special I ever saw. Okay, now that was uh, a great but, and still is a great special. Oh yes, yeah, that accounted for a lot of my detention from when the art teacher would leave. I'd stand up on his desk and start doing those bits, and then <laughs> now the first the first time when you watched Delirious was it um was it uh was it edited? Obviously, no. My my no. My parents were watching it in my room was right down the hall from the from the living room. So I army crawled from my room. Yeah. And I, I <laughs> oh. my head right underneath my dad's feet. They were up on a recliner. Yeah. Like I was a dog laying by the chair. <laughs> but, um, and there were times where I thought I was busted because I was laughing so hard that I'd have to hold my breath. And I thought I was going to die. Because if he knew I was watching that, that, not yeah. have been, that would not have ended well for anyone. <laughs> Did you ever have because like for me um the reason why I asked if it was edited cuz like for me um when I first started um like watching stand up um like on Comedy Central I saw one person that that's like the biggest is I remember watching Louis CK a lot on Comedy Slam on 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 Comedy Central and I always thought that Louis CK was funny but I never thought he was like 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 overly funny and then I remember the first time I saw his HBO special unedited and i think it was the one where he dedicated it to to carlin where he talks about the n-word okay. and um because if you if you notice through that whole thing he he touches on the seven dirty words mm-hmm. um and i and i thought it was hilarious because i've never seen him i've always seen him edited so i never seen him you know and then i watched him like this guy is brilliant yeah yeah, ed- editing comedy is just the worst possible thing. You, you know, can do. and it's like with Eddie Murphy, like watching Raw or Delirious and watching it edited and then seeing it actual, you know, or yeah, even like Cat Williams or any of those, like watching them edited, you don't get the full, you know, full brunt of it. And that's why a lot of people say like it's bad to be dirty and stuff like that. And I think like if it's needed, if it, if it, if it, if it adds a punch to the, to the joke – then I think it's it's good, but if you're saying it just to say, just to say it to get a laugh because you can't say anything else, you know. So sure, like, I agree. I mean, there's a great story as... about um, so, somebody went and saw uh, Richard Pryor at the comedy store oh. the night before he did his Tonight Show, and he was filthy. And then he went and did the exact same jokes on the Tonight Show without one curse word and murdered just as hard. But that's just seeing Richard Pryor. That's his vernacular. Yeah, and that's how he. Spoke. His dad, you know, his his dad talked like that. That's how he learned to talk, and that's how he talks. And he cleaned yeah. it up for TV. But it was much better watching him just comfortable and swearing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I that's mean, why it's... if if people could get past swear words, just listen to the point a person's trying to make. I mean, you know, those same people say, "I'm not doing this." Period. But when you say you know, F in this or whatever, and that's an exclamation point, basically, then they get all bent out of shape. I just, I've never understood that. I said, if you can get over, if you can get over language, there are a lot of really good points being made. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now, I was watching some of your comedy today, and you had a couple of bits that I was really enjoying about uh, how we should just start killing off our old people. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I bet living in Florida, I bet you did enjoy that bit. Heck yeah. And then the other one was you did the exact opposite joke that everybody else has a spin on about buying tampons, which I thought oh, was great. Yeah, I, I, you know, that came about, Dave. I was working, I, you know, I don't want to say literally because this might be a, an exaggeration, but I do think it was close to seven weeks in a row where I worked with at least one other person on the show that had a joke like that about, about saying that, about how embarrassing it was. Right. So, the, so that's when I was like, I've had it. I'm, I'm doing the anti right now. Yeah. And it, I thought it was great. It went over well. Uh, I mean, and it, it, it's smart because it's like by, the same thing happens when guys are like, oh, I don't want to go into the store and buy condoms. I'm like, what? Dude, there's always hot girls behind the counter. And here I am, a big fat boy buying condoms. If anything, right. I'm fucking proud. I'm happy. I'm like, yeah, this is a good. F- where, excuse me, where are the condoms? I, I know I've been here twelve times, but I like to announce that I'm getting laid. Where are the right, condoms in CVS? <laughs> uh, no, I don't need the big pack, just the three pack. But where are they? I'm proud of myself. It's going to be a great night. Yeah, man. People are like, I don't want to buy them. I'm, Hell no, man. I'm good. I completely agree. Then you go and you get the Magnum, and then you're like, and I need the other ones for my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I wish I needed a Magnum. I need to drive <laughs> the, the new Chevy Magnum, maybe. I think lots of guys wish they needed Magnums. I think that's why you see women in the emergency rooms with condoms that slipped off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, like, hey, if you're if you're gonna get the big boy, tuck your nuts into that at least. There you <laughs> Hope it stays on next time. I've learned, and, and it's so true, especially if you're a fat guy. And this is for any fat guy that's out there and all you skinny girls that don't partake in uh, having sex with us fat guys, you need to listen to this. F- sex with a fat guy is better than sex with a skinny guy. And there's two reasons. One, we put in more effort. And two, we got that little poof pouch coming from the top. <laughs> So there's no way possible that if I get all the way in, that everything around the outside is not getting rubbed on. There is no point on a woman's <laughs> vajayjay area that isn't getting rubbed and touched. So it's almost like a guaranteed finish. I've never had them unsatisfied. And it's just because there's all that extra meat around to make sure everything gets rubbed. You know, because you got the guy. I with really the, like that theory. And it's, <laughs> it's either that or they're lying to me. And I don't think they can all come up with the same lie. But maybe they could they could call each other. <laughs> Women, of you know. Di- plus, you probably wouldn't even need lube because if the guy's real big, he's probably sweating. There you go. <laughs> Self-deprecating humor is so great. I think a lot. I mean, that's. Uh, I'm I'm such an idiot. I'm absolutely broken in the skull, and so, you know, just just my, they're not even shortcomings, but. Watching people just laugh hysterically at my craziness at least makes it kind of worth it. Oh, yeah, especially when you come up with new material and the new material kills. It's just the greatest thing because you spend however much time creating just a new five minutes of of anything 
on a totally new topic that you've never touched on before, and it goes over. And maybe less for you now, but in the infancy stage where I am, we're just over two years of comedy, it's it's still rough for, you know, because most of my stuff is fat guy jokes. So when I branch off into just something else, it's like, hmm, sure. am I going to be able to handle this uncharted territory? Sure. It's also going to be therapeutic, you know, like if you're, if you're dogging on yourself for, for, you know, how big of an idiot you are, whatever it is, I mean, like when I talk about my craziness as a father, it, it helps a ton because I get other dads like el- getting elbowed by their wives. Like, that's like you. Oh, so at least yeah. I know they're not the only one. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's, it's an outlet and it's completely therapeutic. Like if I didn't have comedy, I mean, comedy got me through 90% of my divorce. You know, it was just that outlet to be able to get up there and say all the things. Comedy's gotten me about 90% of the ass I've gotten in the last two years. That's about, <laughs> it's, I've gotten more ass than I have money and that's okay with me. As long as I have a full-time job, I will continue to do comedy for Coochie. For I'm okay Coochie. with that. There you go. Comedy for Coochie. Can we do a new show? Heck with the cholesterol is a comedy. It's comedy for, for Coochie. Oh, that seems way better. <laughs> Heck yeah, because I only made 65 bucks the last time we did the cholesterol's comedy. <laughs> I blew more than that at the stripper joint with all the lesbians comedy that came out Coochie. to see us last time. You know what, Dave? I'm totally behind that. I comedy I say, for coochie. Comedy for coochie. I'm All gonna, right. I'm gonna put that show together. We'll have it in. Uh, uh, let's see. I've got everything. December. December. Is the next show. I don't have booked. So. All I'm right. Is that gonna be a Billy Jacks? Yeah. Comedy for coochie. Comedy for coochie. So there should be I'll not one together. male motherfucker in the audience because they got nothing I want. Yeah. No. So it's a girls it's only show, and they gotta coochie. like fat guys. And that's gonna be the the ticket price. What's the ticket price, coochie? Coochie, that's right. You've got to bring Coochie to the show in order it, to get it. can't be bad smelling Coochie either. No. It's, it's got to be gotta Well, I feel nice. like, yeah, I feel like, and then there has to be a, one person in a group has to be the representative guaranteed to give it up. All right. You want to head, you want to be the headliner? You can come down and headline the comedy for Coochie show? Uh, my wife has a machete. <laughs> I said you were going to headline it. You don't have to. You you will get all the all the people that didn't want to give up the coochie and paid money at the door. You can have the money. We'll take the coochie. I'm used to being broke, so it don't matter. It'll be what? What if? What if we find a charity? Would your wife let you do a charity part of the coochie? Like uh, 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 strippers without poles. I think that's a good because there's a lot of strippers out there in Florida that don't have poles to dance on. Bullshit. They just and dance on poles in the street. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> I know it is. It's it's terrible. Every I've said this since I was a little boy. Every stripper should, should have, they a, pole. have a pole. I agree. Uh, I guess you know I, I avoid the strip joints most of the time because. I don't like to travel where most men have traveled, like, yeah. just three minutes before. Well, I, I'm the same way. Yeah. Like, I, like, like, I don't want to go to them. I do. I just, I don't, you know. Just but you go often. There. Not as much as I used to. Nobody I, does it as much as they used to. I haven't been to a strip club in a year. You probably haven't been to a strip club in a month. Okay, all right. Right? Or is it yeah. less than a month? Last no, week sometime? Yeah, maybe last week sometime. Last so week in- you went to the strip club more when you were married than you do now that you're divorced? No, I probably go less now than I used to. <laughs> so you, you had to leave the house when you, when, you, when you were married. That's why you went to the strip club? Actually, I – yeah, probably. 
There you go, guys. If you want to go to strip clubs more, just get married. Marry a crazy broad. Because no, that's what I'm... happened with Dave. He married a crazy <laughs> broad. And that's what happened. He's and, and he says he didn't know she was crazy when he first married her. Because crazy people are good at hiding their craziness. Oh, my God, Dave. Thank you very much for... For what? Stealing your joke or remembering remembering. your joke? Well, it's like the third joke you say almost every time you're on stage. It probably is the third joke I say every time. After two fucking years, if I can't remember that joke. I can't remember that. I'm sure you know a couple of my fat guy jokes. I do. I I remember it. And I still say we need to make the Fat Davey video. Oh, man. Chad, you, you can weigh in on this. I one of the I came up with the name Fat Davy because I okay. rewrote the song Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice and I just replaced it with everything Ice Ice Baby with Fat Fat Davy. And yeah. you know, it's pretty cool. I'll give you I'll should I give him the verse? Just give him yeah, a quick verse. Yeah. You can go. Uh, all right. Verse. So the first the, the first thing is it's stop cuz Dave is fat and glistening. Got his hands on a bucket of chicken. Listen, as his arteries close tightly, food flows like a river daily and nightly. Will he ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Get out the room before he blows. To the extreme, he's eating food by the handfuls. Top that boy's plate, and he'll be biting your hands off. But I just didn't do any of the fat guys. I just forgot. You know what I did? We didn't have music, so I didn't do the intro where you say Fat Fat Davy yeah. or the end. So... But that's it. I just rewrote the song, and he wants me to do a whole video for YouTube dressed up like Vanilla Ice for like three minutes singing that. What do you think? Should I do that video? Well, I think if you've taken the time to do the parody, you may as well go viral with a video. There you go. See? Tons of sense to me. That's, there we go. There you go. So now i got to learn to dance. But don't logic. I have to learn the rest of the song like that? I only have like two or three verses. Now I have to dedicate time to do the whole song. Yeah, but I think you need to watch the video a bunch and yeah. and make sure you're doing some of the things that happens in there. Oh, yeah. Like, if I do the video, I'm doing it the same way that uh, Jim Carrey did it when he did it on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Okay. And, you, and, and like, the whole tagline could be, like, Fat, Fat Davey. I don't dance. I'm fat. I could just bet. And it could, I could be used sitting, it could be you sitting in, like, a like an easy chair as we get, like, hot women to dance. All right, you're starting to sell me on this idea. I get dance to sit there and be lazy, and women could like, just dance around me? Yeah. Could they be, like, feeding me grapes and cheeseburgers and stuff? Yeah. All right, this, this could be good. <laughs> I'm telling you, we do a video where you pull up to the drive through window, and then we do a shot of you as the person giving you food, saying the fat, fat Davey. Oh, yeah, I forgot I did that the other part. Yeah. Dude, I had another fat happening the other day. I was with this beautiful girl that I hang out with. And we're going through burger, or McDonald's. And here I am. I think I'm being slick. Not, not that going through the drive-thru is anything fancy, obviously. But I'm with this girl, and we just were out having a nice time. And she wanted her uh, that new pie they have there, the s'mores cookie pie from okay. McDonald's. Yeah. So we pull up there, and here I am talking to this girl. And we pull up, and I get to the window, and the guy's like, oh, I didn't recognize you out of uniform, David. And I'm like, what? Dude, are you just telling? Are you just calling me out at like the McDonald's drive-through? I'm like, dude, I got a girl in the car, and the first thing you say to me is, "I don't recognize you out of uniform." Be like, oh, fat people all look like what the? Fuck? I'm like, dude, what's up? Have I been here that often? I'm like, shit, this is horrible, and you couldn't save it. And then the other part is, I don't wear a uniform. I wear a shirt and tie. So what the fuck was this guy thinking about? No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like really, dude, you just. Cock block me and everything at the McDonald's oh, that's a hard burn. Yeah, it was horrible. 
Well, I would just be thinking right now, out of Right now, of... he's telling that story completely differently. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> this Dave guy came to the drive-thru one time. He's with this really hot chick. Totally burned him. I called his shirt and tie a uniform, and she stopped holding his hand. It was awesome. <laughs> It was fucking bad. I did not get no action that night. But she laughed the whole way through. She thought it was hysterical. It's great. <laughs> and I was like, bitch, you knew I was fat when you got in the car. What's the difference? You didn't think I never went to a drive-thru to get this waste? <laughs> and it's funny. People, I, you know, people are always – you see everybody now, they have a – and I'm totally switching gears. They always got their cell phones and like 35 different gadgets hooked to their belt. Yeah, like I can't like do that having, shit. Like they're Batman. I can't. My belt has enough pressure just holding in my belly. I can't attach anything to it for fear it could cause problems. But plus, <laughs> with, plus, you sit down and that cell phone or whatever you got on there is jabbing into your gut. <laughs> I can't do that. That's freaking. It's like torture. All right, just just to put a pause on the second, write that, Dave, because that is funny. You need to write that and say it exactly that way. Oh, I, that's a bit. That's like thirty minutes right there. That's hilarious. <laughs> I guarantee you. I, I I I don't. I I stop people every now. I have a, I have a tendency to stop people and and tell them to write that down. You know that's funny, Dave. This is two oh, years. Right. This yeah, is the yeah. first time that you've told me that. So is fuck it? you. Oh. That's some great tendency again. <laughs> Living up to the fear, to to the ability. How crappy of a comic I am. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> In two years, you've only been able to tell me one time that I write should write something down. Well, for two years, I've been telling you we need to shoot this video the well, I second I saw you. you do it. I didn't believe you. And then enough people agreed with me. Hey, once Chad Daniel says it, it's golden. There you go. That's the way it goes. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You've gotten some bad information down there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you've been doing this for 14 years now. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I have a... I have my phone open, and whenever you have, I have my, you know, it's one of them smartphones. And oddly enough, somebody just made a comment on the cholesterol as a comedy, and it's Ricky March, and he's actually next week's guest. You oh, won't, cool. Yeah, so hold on. You won't be able to, do, to be on that show soon. Oh. He just said it because this girl, Maureen Sullivan, who's on the show, is on, like, the path to healthiness. So he just said she won't be able to be on our show anymore. But she should have never been on our show. I always told JT from the beginning, he's got humongous balls to put a woman on a show called The Cholesterol is a Comedy. Who's a nurse? From, from what I know, women will punch you in the face if you, ask them for a, if you tell them they want a Diet Coke because that means you're calling them fat. The other, <laughs> the other day, I'm Dave, telling you. I'm, I'm going to show you this picture. You, you can't. If you know the person, you can't ever tell them that I showed it to you, although she listens to the show. Do you see these breasts in this picture, Dave? Yes. All right. So my friend of mine, she sent this the same girl who was in the car when I was wearing the – didn't have the uniform oh, on. okay. So she sends me this picture, and it's got her boobs. She, you know, she doesn't like to wear her she, – she doesn't like to wear uh, – you know, what the fuck is it? Uh, two-piece bikinis because she had a kid and he destroyed her body and shit. Oh, okay. she, she blames on him. But I hadn't seen her in just a bikini top before, and I never realized how large that tattoo was because she covered it all up. <laughs> so I almost answered back, like, wow, look how Thumper's grown. And I'm like, wait a minute. That could be taken bad because that could mean maybe her tits are sagging. 
I'm like, I better just, I better just be thankful that I got to pick and not make comment to the fact that Thumper's getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! It's not. Yeah, I just, I was in Dallas and I just, uh, totally kidding. There was a pregnant lady with two kids, and I go, she was outside and they're selling pumpkins already. So I go, hey, you're not trying to steal a pumpkin, are you? <laughs> she was furious with me. Oh. You yes. think this is funny? You think it's fun being pregnant? And I was like. I don't know. You're here with two kids. Obviously, you know what it's like to be pregnant. Quit yelling at me. That's classic. Yeah, and you know what? I don't know if it's fun being pregnant, but it's sure as hell fun trying to make you pregnant. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen? Um, and just from from the person that you know, you see someone pregnant and they've got two kids. Have you ever seen people out with multiple children and you can always tell which one of the kids was the mistake? Why? Because the way they're treated. <laughs> like you see two people that obviously should not be together, and you know they're staying together for that one. <laughs> like that's, that's and it's usually the last kid you know like if, if if a woman's out and she's got two kids and she's pregnant that kid's the mistake like the yeah because i would say well i i actually would say it would go i mean i agree with that but i have another theory as well first kid mistake second kid let's try to make this work yeah and the third <laughs> kid we get more money for welfare Third kid, somebody else's baby. <laughs> somebody else's baby. Hey, listen, you know what? My 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 last actual girlfriend, which was almost about three years ago, great girl, but we used to joke around that, you know, she can go out and get as much ass as she wanted. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. But just make sure they leave a little cash on the nightstand before they go or tell them to bring a six-pack instead of drinking my six-pack. You know, there's got to be a little bit of love-hate here. You yeah. Know? If you're gonna hit, if you're gonna tap somebody's ass, then I'm tapping. Leave a little, pay the electric bill, give me a bottle of Jack Daniels or something good. You know, yeah. Leave me a little something, something. If you make it to, worth it, yeah. If I got, if my girl is giving up the cooch, leave something for me. I sure as hell left something scratchy for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey Chad, remember He's I told purposely you purposely giving people crabs, Dave. Uh, you know what? I have actually never had crabs. I have never had not one STD. I've had three at a time. No, I've never, I've never had a sexually transmitted diseases. I am the condom fucking kid. I could be with the same girl for three years. I ain't going in without a condom. I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah, because you can catch children. And yes. There's no way to get rid of that. Yeah, you can't get rid of that. Disease. That is eight. You have that for at least eighteen years. Yes, and I don't like myself two or three days in a row sometimes, so I can't commit to a relationship, let alone one with a kid. You know, I like to just visit my niece once a year, or you know, send birthday cards and that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could be a good father figure. I remember. I remember one time I was. Uh, I was. Uh, when I was, uh, I was, I was, I was at work and, uh, this little, this, this little kid comes up to me and she tells me happy father's day. And I was like, don't ever say that. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's not a thing you want to say. Cause I don't have any kids that I know of. And that's, I think the scariest, I have nightmares about that. I, I'm absolutely going to have my kids walk around and tell people that on father's day. They <laughs> say, Dad, what do you want for father's day? I'm going to say, that's it. Just all day. I want you to go up to random men and say happy father's day. Yeah. I, I remember one time, not, not really a father's day thing, but, uh, me and my brother used to work at a store called play Togs up in New York. And my father was always, you know, he, he always did whatever he had to do 
to make enough money and have extra money so that we could always have some nice things in the house. So at the time, this is going back and probably into the mid-80s, mid to late 80s. And uh, my father was working for Gallo Wines as a sales rep. And on the weekends, he would um, he had a painting business. Well, he came in after painting, painting away the whole weekend, painting people's houses. And, you know, he looked like a true bummy. He had paint everywhere, paint on his face, paint on his glasses. And this was like a retail store, kind of like what Walmart was before Walmart. So he's coming in, and my brother's working in the electronics store. And my brother just starts to fuck with him. He's like, no, Dad, I won't give you any more money for alcohol. Look at you. You haven't showered in days, and it's... He's going through this whole thing, and my father's like, no, no, and he takes out this big wad of money. I got money. I got money, and it was just the craziest thing in the world, and I'm like, you know, that was great. I wish I would have been the, I wish I would have been the son to do that. I, I guess my brother is funnier than me. He just doesn't have balls to get on stage. I don't know, but it is interesting, all the crazy shit you do. Hey, Chad, remember I told you the hour goes by fast? We're yeah, actually o- we are actually over an hour. Are you really? Yeah, we just went over. So we oh, we're probably going to do I another. Know that. Fi- I haven't even been paying attention to the time. Yeah, and I was going to say because I thought we. I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were going to be taking a break at one point because I knew we were going to have a call in the middle. But well, they, I knew you had something you had to do. But that just went by so quick. So we're going to take another five minutes and. Kind of do my favorite part of the show, which well, not really my favorite part, but it's everybody else's favorite part. It's shameless plugs. So uh, I, I know I have the least amount of shameless plugs this week, so I'm just going to plug them, and then I'm going to turn it over to Dave, and then I'm sure you got some more plugs for shows coming up, and you have sure. your don't you have a one hour special out that people can download for free online? That is correct. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have every, we're going to give everything going on. So for me, the only thing I got going on is the stuff we already talked about, the cholesterols of comedy on October 12th, which we're going to try to change to, what is it going to be? Comedy, uh, comedy for, Coochie. for Coochie. Comedy for Coochie. That's going to be the new name. Uh, I probably got some open mics and uh, some McDonald's appearances I'm going to be making. Uh, next week, we got Richie, Ricky March calling in, and he does a lot of roast. He's like the roast master. He's roasted all sorts of celebrities. I think he roasted Obama and all sorts of people. So it's going to be a really great show. Dave, what do you got coming up? I think uh, you got something just this Wednesday, don't well, you? Well, going, going straight down the line, um, as always, there's openingthemic.net, which is always there. Um, tomorrow is an open mic at Bowser's in Dunedin. Um, that's going to be hosted by John J. Murray of somethingplanet.com. I but, may actually be going but, to that. Uh, uh, Dave Frank probably be there. I'm going to be there. James Bailey, Kyle Roos, uh, Joey Jakes, um, a bunch of other comics will be down there. It starts at, uh, eight o'clock. It's a free show. It's an awesome place. Uh, come down there, look it up. Um, it's Bowser's. Um, it's on Douglas Avenue in Dunedin. Um, and then, October 6th, um, I'm, well, actually, no, um, on Wednesday, we have the roast of Kyle Roos at Billy Jack's Burger Shack. Um, in Largo. In Largo. Information is also on the website. That's where the Coochies of Comedy That's is going to be. That's where the Coochies of Comedy is going to be. Um, and then October 6th, uh, myself, James Bailey, Kyle Roos, and Joe Riga will be at Finley's Irish Pub, also in Largo. Um, off I just of, did their off open of mic. Road. I did their open mic two weeks ago. Was yep. it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. I, I think you. I, I should have won that fucking contest. I'm you telling did. you. 
I didn't win, but everybody. everybody, I think everybody was awesome. Everybody kept coming up to me, and normally that doesn't happen. Uh, John J. Murray came up to me and told me how great I did, and yet I didn't win. But um, I've got that. Lies! And then uh, October 12th, uh, I'm hosting the Cholesterol is a Comedy at Jack's Joint. Double plug. um, In Clearwater. And then um, I have... uh, my comedy show that's presented by OpeningMic.net is uh, the last Wednesday of every month at Billy Jack's Burger Shack. Um, next month in October, which is actually a hol- on Halloween, I have John J. Murray, Paul Voigt, and Jake Barsness, who call themselves the Unlockable Characters. They're going to be performing. And then the next month after that, I have John Jacobs and Chris Matson. Dude, this is shameless plugs, not your next fucking year worth of shit. And then, and, and then we have uh, comedy shows at Pittsburgh Mix on the second Thursday of every month. And then um, the website, OpenTheMic.net. You can follow me on Facebook at DaveHines32 and Twitter at DaveHines4. There you go. Chad, show them how you're supposed to do some stuff. This guy repped out everything in the world. This was sh- sh- a couple of shameless plugs. He gave well, a schedule for the rest of the year. No, it was good. I was well, into it. That when I good. originated shameless plugs. Because not everybody can go on the same uh, same night. So, um, I, d- I have a new CD called You're the Best. It is on iTunes, and it's still on the, uh, the front page there. You can find it. And then I have... Uh, an hour special that I recorded March 2nd, and I put that out on the internet for free. You can actually go to comedypower.com to find that. Or uh, you can also go to uh, Laughspin, and then you can find it on laughspin.com as well. And uh, I haven't done the exact math on it, but uh, I'd say it's probably uh, 40, the two are 40% different. I, I recorded them fairly close together but uh i just wanted to get some on the internet you know louie and and uh z's and and jim gaffigan were putting out specials and selling them for five bucks and then i thought uh, that i can do that because they have billions of fans and i thought why not throw one out there and uh get get the fans so there you go uh, it was fun it was fun and it was worth it and i've had uh, a bunch of hits and it's it's going well and i I suggest if, if comics are looking for something to do and, and not getting the ears of the networks like they want to, to look into it. Absolutely. Well, yeah. what what type of uh, – I know you've had a little TV exposure, right? Yeah. What, what type of shows have you been on already? Uh, done The Tonight Show, done uh, Ferguson, done Conan, had a half-hour special on Comedy Central. So and when, when was your uh, half-hour special? Been on TV. I just was looking for a way to, you know, like like we talked about earlier on in the show when when you saw Dave, when you saw Louie, then um, you didn't know how you know it, it looked different because it wasn't yeah. or it was edited. It wasn't as he was doing it, and so I wanted a chance to uh, have people. That's why it's called as is. You know, it's not edited. It's not edited by Comedy Central. There's no commercials. It's just what you would see if you if you came and saw my stand-up. So. Give it to them straight and hope they buy tickets. There you go. That is awesome. So I want to thank you again for coming on to the show. Yeah, thanks we're, for having we, me. We're going to wrap it up. I appreciate you coming in. Everybody, tune in next week. We are going to have Ricky Merch, and it's going to be a great show. Chad, again, thank you for spending some time with us. Uh, I want to thank you know uh, John McDonald as well, who's – kind of made it all possible. We worked with a lot of the different comedians over the last few weeks that he represents. And, he, you know, 
he's probably one of the easiest guys to get a hold of and you know he he really worked well with me to make it all happen so it was pretty cool uh and yeah because a lot of times you know people are hard to get like when i uh you know i've scored some great interviews with people and you're surprised who's hard to get you know paul rodriguez was super hard jackie jackie mason calls me calls me right back and he's like oh yeah this sounds like a great thing to do same thing with uh bobby slayton and bobby collins they're like yeah let's just do this stuff and then you get some people that are just totally impossible. I believe it. But on that note, again, I want to thank everybody for listening in. Dave, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for Chad, having me, Dave. Thank you for coming in. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'll, I'll probably email you some links, so if you want to share it with the whole world on Twitter and Facebook and help try to make me famous, that would be great. Sounds great. All right. Thank you again, everybody. Tune in next week. Same fat time, same fat station, and bring cheeseburgers. Good luck. Thanks for listening in to the Let's Be Frank show on ComedySlamRadio.com. If you missed this show or would like to catch up on past shows, visit us on Stitcher Radio and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's podcast. And have a great night. We'll see you next week. What was that? I'll tell you what that was. That was another fine show from ComedySlamRadio.com, where we put the .com in